Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Evening, everyone. I, I, I found these, uh, these slides, so they are from this morning. So if I need any, any help, I'll just go to the left. <laughs> awesome. How was worship? I, while we were, while we were, while we were, um, while we were worshiping, I was just uh, actually thinking, you know, that, man, like, Jesus is so precious. Like, it is, it is unbelievable, like, if we, if you can really get hold of Him, that you'll actually have no thought of leaving Him. Like, nothing in you will, will shy away from, from from holding on, nothing will, will distract you from spending time with Him. And so, I just, may that be an encouragement. Maybe you've been battling, I think especially in your time with the Lord, your quiet time. Um, if you ask my wife, I'm very strict on that in our house. I, I get very, uh, not aggressive, I know I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, it's really something we prioritize because like, it's, it's really a reflection of, of what's happening in our hearts. And I just really want to encourage you, if you've been really battling with spending time with God or having quiet time, just ask Him again to help you. You know, especially living in a world of so much distraction. Like, we have so much distraction uh, currently, and it is so difficult at times. But, but God really, really is so faithful. And I was watching a bit of the greats. I'm encouraged uh, this weekend to, to, to follow some of the greats. And I was reading a quote, not a reading a quote, I was listening. Um, and the guy quoted uh, one of the greats. We call them the greats, but they were just mere humans like us. But they did great work. But uh, he said that the gift of reading is so precious that I couldn't spend it on any other book but the best book. And this man read no book but the Bible his whole life. Uh, what is his name? Smith. Smith. Wigglesmith. So you know about him. And he, so literally, imagine an undereducated man. He wasn't educated. Uh, one of his family members taught him to, to read. His ministry started, I think, in his 50s. But all he read was his book. And he said when he reads the, the newspaper, he feels that he becomes dirty. But when he reads the Bible, it feels like he, comes, he goes in and he comes out more holy. And so it's so important that we spend time with the Word of God, especially in an age like this, in a time like this. And I, I want to also share, we had a strategic meeting on Saturday, and Pastor Chris was sharing a story of, he was in a connect group, if I'm correct, where the guy said, we asked him something, and he said, but the Bible says, or um, you said a specific word that almost, but he almost said that, as if the Bible is next to so many other books. And I know Pastor Chris said it struck him to say that this book is not like the Bible says this, this book says this, this book says this. Like this is the supreme authority. There's like nothing higher than this. And, and, and I want to just, before we start, just continue. I was listening to, to Chan. If you don't know Francis Chan, he says, if you want your leadership, try to read this and stay as close as you can. Like, because there's so much stuff out there, and they all seem well and right. 
But you know, is it stuff that are, it's after the heart of God? So I encourage us to really, man, I, I don't know what's your favorite thing to eat. Whatever it may be, whether it's cake, whether it's some type of food, may that be your taste, your hunger, your feel when you spend time with the Lord. May that be what you get from Him. Like, may you just not get enough. May, may you, when you lie on the couch, can you open one of the Gospels or one of the Old Testament books and just read? Just read. You don't need to stop and like, oh, what does this mean? No, no. Just read. Don't, don't worry if you understand or don't understand. There's some good principle that the Word washes us. As we take it and it washes us, it cleanses us, it works with our mind, it sinks to our hearts. And the same, I, I was at the same thought when we were worshiping. I encourage you that as you worship, whether you worship here, whether you worship at home, that you pay close attention to what you sing. Pay close attention to the words, because the words, you need to understand what you sing in order for it to make an impact. You need to know what you're saying when we sang all sufficient, but at such a cost. You understand that He's all sufficient. And do you know the cost that it was? And may that get into our heads and sink into our hearts. And it's when we really experience something very, very precious about our Lord and Savior. And so I want to give you the aim of this message. And if I miss this this evening, I normally don't. But the aim of this message, I want to arise a confidence in you in Jesus. Like that you have a, a certain confidence in Him. And that makes you respond in a certain way because of your confidence in Him. So if you are joining us for the first time, if you have not been here last Sunday, we are busy with a, a series called Spiritual Warfare. Last Sunday, Pastor Chris shared a message that I don't think I'll be able to share soon. It's such in-depth with such wisdom and such knowledge but it was, if you didn't hear it, I encourage you to go to our website and listen to it. But he spoke about the unseen and what happens all around us that we, you probably don't even know, but it's happening. And so I encourage you really to go and listen to that sermon. So tonight we'll look, just stay on this, tonight we'll look at the authority of the believer. The authority of a believer. And I steal this example from this morning. Um, Pastor Ilmo is giving an example about a, imagine a, a person standing in a road and I don't even know if I remember, I know the conclusion to this example, but <laughs> however it, it comes about, just, just hear the example. So imagine you're standing in the road and around the bend there comes a truck straight at you and you're just a normal human being, you're not a police officer and you put up your hand. Will the truck actually stop? Most probably not. But imagine if, you, if you're in the same position, but you just put on um, your, your uniform, your police uniform, you know, your reflectors and your boot and your gun on your waist, and then you put up your hand. It's a different scenario. There's a different even emotion. Have you ever been stopped by the police? Whenever I move through customs at the airport, I get extremely nervous. I don't know why, but there's something about the authority just gets me on my toes. And it's probably because we, we have entered some, I, mean, I don't know if it's good to share it on the pulpit, but <laughs> in my time in planting, in my time in, when we were planting a church in Lesotho, some of the times the, 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 the rows were long, so we skipped the stamping part and we just moved right through. So we were comfortable. You know, Lesotho and South Africa, we're like brother and sister, so we can figure our way out. And then one day we were actually caught, not me, but the other guy. <laughs> 
And so we had some issues. But, uh, but imagine, so the moment you have that suit on, the moment you have that reflectors on, there's a certain level of authority. And that, that reflectors, I want you to keep this illustration because I'm, I'm going to try to use it as much as I can through the sermon. But it, that, that illustration is like when we put on Christ. There's a, there's a different experience the enemy will have. There's a different view that we look when you put it on. But the moment it's not on, I guess a different approach to you. And so, we're going to look at three points. Why do we use our authority in Christ? Why do we have it? And, how do, and why, do we, why do we use it? Secondly, what authority do we actually have? So why do we use our authority? And what is this authority? And how can we start exercising this authority? So you follow me. So why do we have it? What, are we, what is this authority? And then how do we use it? So when we look at Jesus, He displayed His authority mainly, not mainly, He displayed His authority in two ways. If you read the book of Matthew, you will find in chapter 5 to 7, that's when Jesus' ministry starts. 5 to 7, it starts with the teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. And then it concludes that sermon with the following words. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at His teaching. For He was teaching them as one who, has, who had authority. So first, Jesus' authority was displayed by His teaching. And secondly, it goes on, it says, secondly, Jesus' authority was explained by His works. So if you, if you look at healing, you've got to look a bit beyond it because it actually displays the authority of Christ. When you look at Jesus, it's actually the authority that, that you've got to not, not forget in this case. So it says, and, and, and so, and pro, oh, sorry. So, so Jesus in Matthew 8 to 9 actually goes and you'll see His works. So if you ever want to read, you'll see the birth of Jesus the teachings of Jesus, and then the works of Jesus. That's how the book of Matthew is set up. And then it continues like that. And then from chapter 10, he, he, he puts it this way, and he says, And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. So Jesus teaches, He does the work, and then He says, Now you go. So we've got to conclude that the purpose of our authority in Jesus is twofold. One is for us to live in victory, and two, it's to get others to live in victory. It is bottom line. It can never be for us alone. It is for us to live in victory. And it is for us to help people to live in victory. And then the same. Maybe the Holy Spirit is calling. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a call from above. And so, so we conclude... To say that that is a twofold purpose. So understanding the authority that you have in Christ is critical to your walk. Which is, it will, it will determine how you respond to situations. It will determine how you face battles, how you face struggles, how you face moments of where you feel under attack. Moments where you feel like you can't get out of this. This is just so strong on me. It's going to determine how you respond. So our main text. Our main text this evening will be from Luke 10, verse 70 to 20. Very fascinating scripture this. 
I trust God can help me to really articulate what he's trying to say here or what happened here. So the 72 returned with joy. So a bit of background. So Jesus gathered 72 people, told them the laborers are few, the harvest is plentiful. He sends them and this was when they returned. So on their return, this is what happened. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject. So meaning submitting to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. The bugger. We don't want that guy. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. What a promise. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. What are you saying? That the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It's crazy. So it starts with such a fascinating. So he, I'm not. So the seventy-two returns with joy, and he tells them why. And I want to give us. There's a great principle that God teaches us in our authority that we need to keep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that right in our first point. So the seventy-two returns. And they come back so excited. And you know, it's not that Jesus disagreed with what they did. That's not what he said. So you don't need to hear that. Please don't hear that. He didn't say that I'm unsatisfied with what you did. He was teaching them something and something what they did. So this, this was like a moment of discipleship for them. They came back. Have you ever... Have you ever Shared, come back, you come excited. This has happened to me. You come excited, share your story, and then you get corrected. Have you ever felt that? Like, you come so excited. I hear you, you know, but actually, this is actually the, you know, I mean. And then you lose a bit of hope or excitement. But I, I think it's what happened here. So let's, let's take a look at what happened here. It's really, it's really cool, and you're going to really see how authority comes into this. So why do we exercise authority in Christ? Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's great for us. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, we needed to take verse 17 and the other one because there's context to what he said yet. So when we just say, behold, I've given you authority, there was a reason he told them this. And, and so, what we definitely need to notice is that Jesus was excited about the victory. Because he says it. I saw Satan fall. I saw that, again, the word bugger, the bugger fall from heaven. He fell. He crashed. I saw him being defeated. I saw it. I saw him fall like lightning. But then in, in verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That the spirits are subject to you. So he, he basically says, in spite of that, in spite of spirits, demons, everything, the serpents and the scorpions and everything that can be subject to you, he says, in spite of that, do not rejoice in that. And, and, and I, I, I think there must have been a bit of confusion on these guys' faces. You agree with me? He's coming back. Imagine they're coming back excited coming from their journey, Lord, Lord, 
these things came out and we, they were subject to us in your name. And then there's this moment, I saw him. I rejoice with you, but nevertheless. And so I think the principle that God was trying to tell them here and what happens, and this is the first step of us really using our authority well, is it says the Lord, even the demons are subject to us. Sometimes what people do is they use the name of Jesus for their glory. So, they, so Jesus is actually in another term trying to protect them here from spiritual pride. That they are subject to you, not because of you, it's because of me. And so there's a, there's a and I'm going to, it really happens very simply and very easy. The more you do it, the more you're in it, the more you will gain a confidence. But you'll start thinking it's you, even though you're using his name. And so why we, we exercise, so he says to him, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. There's a greater rejoicing. Yes, should we drive out? Yes, should we heal the sick? Yes, we should do it. But we should be cautious that this thing doesn't become about us. You know, it's, it's Philip. Let's call Philip because he's the healer. He's the one who does it. No, he's not the one who does it. There's, there's a king, there's a, a, a Jesus living in him. That actually does it. And it's the same with all of us. But when we do it and we do it and we do it, and there's just thoughts. You'll, it, it comes in silently. You'll do it and, and there'll just be a, this sense of the person healed. And that creeps in. And I, I don't believe that we should, like I say, we shouldn't. We we're just praying the other night for someone for healing. But there's, a, there's an approach to this thing. That, un- that helps us to understand that our authority in Christ and us using it is merely for His glory. We should never get become prideful for it. But what we should rather is take on a thing, Lord, I'm so humbled and privileged that I can do miracles with you. We can drive out demons and see people set free. That we can over and conquer the enemy. That we can see people set free from sin. I- I'm, pri- I'm just a mere servant wanting to do your you and that's the approach that's the authority that and that's why we exercise our authorities to display the glory of God it's never about us it's never about us and I want to guard you because this is what we we need to walk in this we need to get bold in our authority in Christ but we always need to keep him at the center of it he's the main person in it he's the one who receives all the glory all the time every single time so he says to them but rejoice that your names are written in heaven and i i really had to pause because i understood their joy i will be joyful but i understand the principle understand that it's all about Him at all times. Under all circumstances, we never take credit. It's always, always, always Him. And this is a verse that you can actually put parallel to Matthew 7, verse 21, which is a scripture quite remarkable, difficult at times. Lord, Lord, 
but we did all these things in your name. We healed, we prophesied, we cast out. And he said to them, go away, for I do not know you. And I'm not sure we can talk about that. I, I, we can talk about what happened there. But it's, it's like just knowing that we should and this should never be elevated. Like, and I have been trusting God. You probably don't see me on the forefront so much when it comes to healing and all these things. But man, just walk with me. Be with me in a week. Be with me. Spend time with me. You'll actually see like, I, all over, I trust God for these things. Man, I, I stood in the, in the line one day banking money. And I could see something is off with this lady. And I just, and there was a queue. I told her, can I pray for you? Because I trust there's something in me. I want to use what God has given me in me. But I never make it about me. I never elevate it. I never, never elevate these things. I always elevate Christ and that He wants to bring healing. Christ wants to deliver us. And so we need to keep Him right at the center. So He says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You see that their names were written in heaven means that they were citizens in heaven. It means that they were friends of God, approved by Him, who would permit Him to dwell with Him. This is far more than all value, than all earthly honor, power, wealth, and in this people should rejoice more the eminent endowments of influence, learning, talents, and possessions. So what we rejoice in is that we are citizens in heaven. We are His. We, we bring Him glory. Lord, I, I thank You for setting this person free. I thank You for breaking sin in my life. I thank You for breaking sin in that person's life. I thank You for breaking depression, setting someone free from pornography. It is all about You. And I'm so grateful because I don't understand that a mere human, how You dwell in me and You want to use me. You've given me this authority. And have you noticed, when back to our story of the policeman, have you ever been stopped by a policeman that has misused the authority? It's no more like about the backing, because the law backs this person. There's like this force behind them. But they make as if they are that force. Do you know who I am? I'm a policeman. Do you know my authority? And we should never make it about us, because it's about Christ in us and what He does through us. It's always about Him. And I, I wanted to, to start with this because using authority is very important. But using it for the right glory is crucial. It's crucial. We read our Bibles. We pray. We, we, we preach. Whatever we do, we go to work on a Monday. We eat our food with Jesus at the center of it all. It's never about us. And it's always about Him. And I think the moment we understand how big He is and who He is, you'll actually be grateful that we can just have a bit of a part of what He does. So why do we use our authority? If you forget everything, remember this. We always exercise our authority in Christ for the glory of Christ. So we, all, we always exercise our authority in Christ for the glory of Christ. Where does this happen A spiritual pride? It happens everywhere. Man, I've experienced it. Praying for people and then there's just this feeling in me. 
Well, you know, preaching, it happen, can happen here when you preach, and it's such a great message, and there's just applause, and Lord, it's man, it's me, but it's never me, and it's always Him, and we need to understand that authority. We, under, we need to understand when we put Him on, it's Him on us. It's Him in us. And out of that, we want to do great stuff. Miracles, signs and wonders. Seeing people set free, delivered. But because we know who backs us. We know who gives us this power. We know who are we clothed with. And therefore, we out of that place, you'll see amazing, amazing stuff happened. So what authority do we have in Christ? What authority do we have in Christ? Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Two words to note this year. Behold, I've given. Not I'm giving you. I have given. It's completeness. You can tell the person next to you, you have been given authority. It's yours. It's complete. It is given. So Christ... If, if I had to take my phone and I, I put it in Pastor Chris's hand, I have given him the phone. Yes, full authority to use it. <laughs> so he has full authority to use it. He can use it. It is in his hands. If, if I give it to him, it's his. And so it says, behold. So this is, remember, this is the response from not rejoicing. Because it says, behold, I've given it to you. Remember who gives you the authority. I have given you the authority. I have given you the, the way to act, the ability to act, the ability to respond, the ability to speak life. As I have given that to you to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Over all. Tell the person next to you, over all the power of the enemy. Because this is, this is, I don't think this is something we believe. I think we struggle with this. We struggle to understand that God has given you the ability, uh, the, the authority over all the power of the anything. Anything that you can think with your mind that is against God, you have authority over not to do it. Everything. And in that, this, this is what we need to get rid of. I'm human. Christ in you is not human. We cannot use that. No, I sin because I'm human. No, you sin because you like it. You sin because there's a value that you have on it. So, so. <laughs> you made me lose my point. <laughs> but that's, that's Christ in us. He gives us this authority. He says, I've given it to you. I've given, there's an end at the end. It's given, it's complete, it is yours. All you got to do is use it. It is yours. We have the power over the enemy. And you see, this is what Christ, Christ did what? He defeated sin. So we have the authority to forgive sin. So Christ, Christ defeated sickness. So what do we have? Do we have the authority to minister healing? Christ defeated Satan. So what do we have? We have the, we have the authority to, to break demonic strongholds and set people free. Bring them to deliverance. Christ has overcome the world. So we can bind and loose to bring Christ's will on this earth. He defeated the power of death through His resurrection. So we can operate in life-giving power. That's the power of the Spirit. 
So because of Christ, we respond in this world. We use our authority to minister. And I want to stick on this, that you remember that we can share forgiveness. This means we can preach the gospel. We can bring people to understand that Christ has forgiven them. Christ can set you free. Whether whatever you may be struggling with, He can set you free. He can minister healing. He can bring healing to you. He can bring healing to you. You can pray for me. I'm also trusting God for healing. I started running. I actually have some knee issues. So after the service, I'll be more than happy for someone to pray for me. But we've got to minister because that's our authority. That's a practical application. And we can break demonic strongholds. Nothing can keep you. There's no way. No way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. I need you to understand there's no way. Nothing can keep something over you. And therefore we can go out with confidence and give this to others. Bring it to them that Christ has defeated sin and you might be struggling with anything. And don't get me wrong, we, we do fight. But this is the key is you're not overcome. You are an overcomer. You overcome these things. You can fight and wrestle as long as you don't settle and say, but it's just, it's just the way it is. It's never the way it is. You see, Christ came and started his, the, restor, the restoration work of what was supposed to be the perfect picture in Genesis. Christ came back to start that again and He's coming back to complete it. He's coming to set it free again, to, to bring that healing, to bring that salvation to everyone, to bind and to loose. And to, he'll come back to bring completeness again. So you've got to understand for you, there is no sin that can hold on to you. Nothing. And, and at times, you know why we fight it so much? It's because we're also not open enough about it. Bible is clear that you are an overcomer of sin, but it's also clear, confess your sin to one another so that times of healing may come. It's clear about this. It's clear. I, I remember we were once in, I was in Durban, I think, at that time. And we were just praying for this guy on crutches, healing. Like, he was on crutches. And for months he was on the streets. And we prayed for him. And he left the crutches. I remember the same thing in Durban. And he walked. If you wanted to know, he walked. So he was healed. And the other thing in Durban, there was this girl. Like, she was drunk and going crazy. And this one guy with me, he said, man, we've got to go and pray for him. You know what he does? I don't know whether this is biblical or not. But... He tells her, go to sleep. And she slept. And then we took her and waited her to sober up. And then we ministered again. So we, we use, like, and that's why I, 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 I want to defend a bit of how I do this. But I never come and I elevate this stuff. I all elevate Christ who does these things. It's always about Him. We do it to bring Him the glory. You know, there's, there's a problem if we rejoice more in someone's healing than his salvation. Salvation is central. That someone sits with heaven, that they become a citizen in heaven one day rather than just walking freely. That is the main thing. And especially, I want to encourage you that if, if you ever ministered uh, deliverance or that, that you ensure that someone gets discipled because the Bible is clear the moment something leaves and something doesn't enter, 
there's a big issue we're going to face. And it's in, in, in a place where it's, it's quite evident. It's, it's, it's all over us. People manifesting and things coming out. We need to make sure we're placing Christ right back in. Root that person and see them walk out and bring that victory to others. That is our main aim. That is our main aim. Our whole spiritual, our, our, our whole growth path is set up for this. Is to see people strong in the Lord. Using the authority. Ministering. Using the spirits. The gifts of the spirit. And so we want to use that and exercise um, that. So how, yeah, let me give you, this is not on the screen. Let me give you why we struggle and fail to use our authority. Three things. One, it's because we don't know Christ. Two, we don't know who we are in Him. And three, we don't know His promises. That's our biggest, we know about Jesus. Most of you know about me probably, but you don't know me. Those, you don't know me. You don't know me personally. You don't know what I do, whether I sit, whether I stand. You don't know my patterns. You don't know my... But that's how we sometimes treat Jesus. We know about Him. And even the way we read our, our Word is, is to know about Him. It's your, when we open this, it's to know Him. It's not to know about Him. It's not to make us feel good. It is to know Him in us. Christ, the hope of glory, the overcomer, He's in us. It is, I don't understand this. I think it's beyond our human minds to understand how Christ dwells in me. Such a broken man. Christ dwells in me. He uses me. I could tell you my background. Most of you will think you're so disqualified to be on this pulpit. Because I, I don't have all the formal education and all that. And as much as I do a lot of self-study, but you know what I do have? I have Him. And I know Him. And I love Him. And, I, and I, I'll do anything for Him. And our problem is because we don't know Him. We know about Him because we grew up in church. We were read the Bible to now and then. But do you know Him like you know a person? It's exactly the same principle. Do you know Him? And you know how you can notice it? Just get into a space where you need to talk about Him. You know when you get most insecure? It's because there's not a confidence. There's not a settling in our hearts. Lord, I know exactly who you are, what you want to do and what you can do. And therefore I move in here. And that's what we need. That's what we need and that's what He does. That's what He does. That is what He does. God is an unchanging God. He doesn't change and you got to be so grateful for that because if he changed his mind <laughs> we would have had some issues <laughs> imagine he changes his mind about his promises no more eternal life oh. but he's, a, he's an unchanging God so we thank him so how do we use how do we exercise this authority just just go back one one back there must be one oh no, no, front. Go to the front. Something that says, how do we exercise this authority? This is the key. The 72 returned. If they returned, it meant they went. There's no way. There is no way you can live out your Christian walk without stepping out in faith. No way. You need to step out. You've got to make some insecure choices. You've got to step into insecure spaces. 
There is no way. There is no way we can defeat sin in other people's lives or in our own lives if we don't step out. This is a faith aspect. You've got to understand this is all about your belief. It's all about your confidence in Him. And then it goes so hand in hand with grace. If you understand grace, it says grace gives us the power to say no to ungodliness. And it gives us the power to say yes to an upright and holy life. And so there's this thing of I believe in you because if you just have faith without grace, you'll become so prideful. And the other way around, you'll become something else. So you've got to keep this balance, faith and grace. Lord, it's because of you I believe in you and I believe that I can do it because of you. It's always about Him. You've got to keep that. It's never about Him. So this whole self-help, do this, do that. No, you know, you're going to become but prideful because it's going to be about you. It's always about His faith and His grace. So how do we exercise authority? Here it is. Tum, tum, tum. Share forgiveness. Oh no, sorry. Continue, continue. This is not it. Yes. How do we exercise authority? We proclaim the good news. I want, to, I want you to get a bit rid of a word, a word that I don't like. So if you're part of this service, we're not going to like this word. It says we share the gospel. We don't share the gospel. We proclaim the gospel. It's not a story we tell people. It's a message we bring. So we proclaim the gospel. We proclaim the good news. That's how you use your authority. Because what does Paul say? I'm unashamed of the gospel. If he's unashamed, he has a confidence in it. There's an authority that he believes. This thing brings salvation. Secondly, we declare God's promises. You'll need to read this. I, I, I don't want you to... Don't, don't do so much YouTube and all that. Just stick here for now. We like the whole motivational and prayers and all that thing. And yes, do that. But don't bid it come primary. Be primary in your word. Get the promises from where it is. Read it as it is. So declare the promises. I don't know if you know, but you've got to pray the word. So you've got you to gotta pray it. Um, so like this one. And the 70, oh, the 72 returned. Lord, they returned. So they went, Lord, send me. Help me to go. Help me to go. So you start praying the word and declare the promises. Like when he says, I've given you authority. Lord, you have given it to me. Lord, help me to believe. Increase my, help my unbelief. So you start praying it and praying it and praying. So you declare the promises. Speak the word of the Lord. He's teaching. You know, when you teach others, we have connect groups. When you start teaching others, anywhere about the Word of God, it's actually a display that you have authority. You believe there's something you can bring over to someone else. It's an authority thing. It's a faith in God thing. It's not a, yes, we train you. Don't worry, we'll train you. But it's a, there's a belief in your heart. And then you've got to pray. You've got to pray. Man, if you don't pray, pray, you know what pray is? Pray is a sign of faith. Because for someone who don't pray, for someone who will just look at you, they think you're crazy. But no, I'm not crazy. I know who I'm talking up to. I know, who I'm, who, I know who's hearing me. And so we've got to pray. Not pray, you know that prayer where you get into bed and just thank the Lord for the day. Thank you for my clothes. And that's good prayers. And then you fall asleep while you're praying. And then you call it, it's resting in the Lord. You know? <laughs> That, that, that's not it. 
We see a great example of Jesus waking up before everybody else, talking to his heavenly Father, like, Lord, pleading you for the people. And so God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray. And just start. That's my, that's my encouragement. If you don't pray a lot, just start praying. Pray in the car. Pray in the car. Just, just when you go to work, pray in the car. And then lay hands on the sick and oppressed. So this is our application. I, I encourage you. This is the application. If this is what you've got to do. Trust God to do and start doing this in the week. That you start proclaiming the gospel. Share it with someone. Share, share this message. Share what you've learned. Start proclaiming the good news. And declare God's promises. Declare it's good. It's yes and amen. And then speak the word of the Lord. So know this. Speak this. Talk to yourself. Preach to yourself. Talk to yourself. You can lead. If you, if you don't know how to proclaim the gospel, maybe start with the couch. Preach the gospel to the couch and lead the couch to the Lord. You know what I mean? But just start, just start, just start getting the word in you and out of you constantly. And then lay hands on the sick and oppressed. I trust God that you, when you see someone and you feel that prompting on your heart, still not, still not press it, but respond to that. Step out in faith and say, Lord, I don't care. I don't care. I care what you think. I care what you want me to do. And I'll do it. So let's stand as I conclude. The stand as I conclude. Lord, I thank you right now, God, that you just God ministering to our hearts, Lord. God, that I pray, I know, Lord, that you have set free, Lord. There's a set free, there's a breakthrough that happened while I was preaching, God. God, there's a healing that is taking place, God. Father, I thank you, Father, that we will be people confident in you, God, exercising our authority, seeing this nation change because of our confidence in you, Lord. We will see the lame walk, Lord. We will see people stand up, rise, healing taking place, God. We will see people being set free from, from generational curses, God, from depression, from pornography, from any type of sin, Lord. People will be set free right now, God, whatever we may be struggling with, Lord. Whether it's our financial mismanagement, I pray that you set us free, Lord. Lord, I pray that you set us free from relational dysfunction, God. Set us free, God. And I pray, Father, that we will start holding on to you, get to know you, get to know your promises, God. And Father, I pray that we will not be a passive people of Christians. We will be a people walking out in faith and in boldness because we know who's living in us. Father, and we thank you, Lord. All-sufficient sacrifice. And it was such a price that you paid for us on the cross, God. And God, we do not accept the schemes of the enemy. We do not accept them, Lord. We do not want them. We do not believe anybody should be oppressed or have any demonic influence or have anything in their life. No sin should have hold on any of us, Lord. We are free. We are free. We are free. Lord, I thank you for freedom right now. You're breaking it. Freedom, Lord. Freedom. If anybody's here with depression, there's freedom. If you're addicted to drugs, there's freedom right now. If you're struggling pornography, there's freedom. If you're struggling with dysfunctional in your family, with relationship, there's freedom in that. 
If you're struggling to sleep because of nightmares, the peace of God is upon you right now. God, and I thank you, Lord, that we will never take the glory, Lord. Never, Lord. It is all about you now, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It is always about you, Lord. And God, I pray, Father, that we will be a people walking with one another, Lord. That is what you have called us into, spiritual family, God. We do not walk alone. And so, Lord, I just thank you for healing right now, Lord. Lord, I pray a blessing, Lord. I thank you for every person. Just let's just make a, a declaration. Let's put our hands on our heart and say, Christ has given me all authority over all the powers of the enemy. Christ has given me all authority over all the powers on the enemy. I am set free. Satan, you have no more hold on me. I'm a child of God. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.